Welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss art, life, and what or rather who inspires them. I'm Cliff. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we speak with serial entrepreneur, restaurateur, master of the scotch egg, and founder of quite possibly my favourite cafe in London, Crispin. Hi, Dom. <laughs> Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Very, very excited to be here. Welcome. We're excited to have you too. I should have actually given our listeners your full name, Dom, Dominic Hamdi. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Have, I think they're just they're just there. remembering Master of the Scotch Egg and getting that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't get that out of my head as well now. <laughs> you know, we like to go That's with fine. casual I'll, I'll introductions. We like I'll to go with. <laughs> we thought that we would um, kick off with you know a bit of a background question and that is you know what brought you into food and not only just food but like running your own series of restaurants cafes initiatives um you've got three if i'm not correct if, if i'm not wrong right you've got the it was yeah, scotch that, tales ludenwick and crispin yeah that's correct yeah um we, we kind of we kind of got there by accident to be honest it wasn't uh we didn't have a planned route um, as such, I, I was at university, I was at UCL with um, a good friend of mine, um, Ollie, and in 2013, we, as a summer project, we just started a Scotch egg store in Soho. Um, I mean, we've always had a, a huge interest in food, but we thought we'd try something. We were in, in London for the summer, um, and, um, and so that's, that's how it all kicked off, really. Um, we started trading there 2013 uh, and then got invited to apply at Borough Market. Uh, as soon as we moved to Borough Market, we started getting lots more requests for uh, what we thought we had created, which was a, a perfect Scotch egg. <laughs> um, so what, what people were used to was the, the supermarket or the... Um, the motorway station incarnation of, of a scotch oh, egg which is oh. quite dull as and, and soon as gray. you say motorway incarnation <laughs> you know, I'm that's like, not no. it, <laughs> the word congealed was coming to mind <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a pretty sight at all so mm. so we we went about trying to source the best um ingredients the best eggs we get our eggs from clarence court um clarence court actually supplied supply the queen so i think that's quite a good uh, a good stamp of approval it's a benchmark um yeah, and uh, and locally sourced meat and and veg, um, and so when when we actually started trading at Borough, um, we got approached by Selfridges and and Whole Foods, um, and started supplying um, those guys and, and a few other kind of blue chip um, shops with with the Scotch eggs, um, and then we started looking for a bricks and mortar start site, and we came across an old sandwich bar on Aldwych. Um, so it was a, a sandwich bar inside the old theatre kiosk for the Oldwich Theatre. Um, and it had, hadn't been touched for, for 10, 10, 15 years. So it needed completely ripping out. And, um, and so that, that's kind of where our love for design and, and interiors crossed paths with, yeah. with food. Uh, my brother's an architect, and so he helped um, helped with the design, and, and the, the process of that was really um, what founded our interest in in, in food and, yeah. and, and design, really. Um, and so that that was in 2015. So we opened a, a coffee shop called Londonwick. Um, Londonwick is a is a historic name for London, an Anglo-Saxon name, um, and so we we searched into the history of the area and, and kind of came up with with that really 
Um, you you uh, can, can I rewind you like five yeah. minutes? How it was Scotch eggs? I mean, you could have picked so many different things to start a stall with. <laughs> Where did that? So you go from like we're students at at UCL. Yeah, um, yeah. We decide to not open like a baked bean shop, but um, it's going to be Scotch eggs. Well, I think we um, we used to buy we used to buy the the Scotch eggs, mm. which we were trying to improve actually the, the the bad ones that you got in the supermarkets, and, and we thought you know we can do a better job than this. <laughs> um, but we 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 lived on um, Tottenham Court Road, which is a super central spot. And at that time, there was um, a place called Bubble Dogs that had just opened. Oh yeah, um, and they, they were doing hot dogs and champagne. Yeah. And um, we thought we'd have a bit of fun and, and do a Scotch egg and cocktail pairing concept um, and call it Scotch Tales. So that's that's kind of where the inspiration for that came from. Um, and the cocktail side of it, we did a few supper clubs where we where we integrated it, but really it became just a, a purist Scotch egg um, Scotch egg business. Really, um, again by accident, it was just supposed to be a summer a summer project, but it, it was um, it was super fun and, and received really well. So we um, we we continued with it really. Mm, and it's kind of, I mean, that's a kind of meteoric rise. Uh, you mentioned these blue chip places, but I'd have thought, you know, blue chip means you're being stocked in like the supermarkets, but, you know, you're at some premium luxury shops <laughs> and straight into Borough Market, yeah. which is like food central in London. So that's, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, we got, we, really amazing. we got, we got quite lucky. Yeah. I, I think we, um, I, d- I don't know whether it was as by accident or not, but we, we came across a product that no one really had explored in that, in that sense um, before. There was Fortnum and Masons um, who were doing something similar, but not, not quite as, as good, actually. Um, but n- th- you couldn't get a hot scotch egg anywhere, really. There might have been a few pubs, but it, it wasn't a, uh, you know, there was no ubiquitous scotch egg supplier in, in, in London or... Um, you know, a, across the city. So it was. Um, we, we'd found a, a very, very small niche, and and we just we we rolled with it. I love Great it. story. Yeah, and with your the success, successive ventures that you then move into, do, do you see as anything like linking those in particular in terms of you know whatever an ethos, or is it just you, or maybe you want to try and do something different with you with each of them. Yeah, I think um, the the thread across, you know, the thread that runs through all of them is is definitely uh, a, a massive focus on on sourcing, finding local suppliers, finding the best ingredients that we can find to create the best products that we can. Um, so we for, for for London Wick, we we use a, a local roaster down in Brixton, and we've been working with them for for the last five years, um, and they import. Um, green bean and then come up with a blend bespoke for us um, we use a milk supplier that we've known for for a very long time um, we've kind of been to his his farm and so we have a real connection to the supplies that we use and, and actually where our food um, comes from so we try and create the best expression of of, of what we're um, of, of what we're going for and in the midst of that is just a huge interest in architecture and design and um, art and yeah, it's it's a it, it's a, what we do is is an expression of of what we're interested in and and um, our, our ethos really. So that that's the thread, I think. Yeah, I love that idea of 
or, or that ethos of it being an expression of what you're interested in and what you feel. And I always remember, so the first time that I set foot in Crispin, I was like, this is a very strange pavilion. <laughs> what is this? And who would be crazy enough to take on this gigantic, this, this triangular, jagged structure in the center of speedo fields and convert it into a cafe restaurant shop. And I remember we got chatting and I just finished freeze week and you were really, really interested in architecture and design and art. And I noticed that you had all these posters around each one for different supper events or a wine tasting. They'd been individually designed and you've mentioned obviously your brother. Now I found out that your brother's an architect but maybe you could expand a little bit on what art, architecture, and design is for you, and maybe all the other little ways that we've not touched upon yet that have infiltrated your various ventures. Yeah, I think um, I think hospitality in in general is is um, it's an amalgamation of so many small different um, points and experiences and and touches, and actually when you enter a space, whether it be a restaurant or a cafe or an art gallery or someone's home, you, you, the impact it has on you, you might not be aware of it, but it's, um, the way you feel is, is really a reflection on, on mm. the space and all the, all the small elements from the lighting to the, uh, tactility of all the textures from the materials used to the artwork to, how the light hits the space, runs through it, the smells, um, the noise, the music. It's, you know, it's, it's an incredibly sensory experience. And it's actually only when you exit a space like that into maybe another calmer space that you realize you've, you've, you've been part of this full sensory experience for however long you've been there. And actually being able to capture some kind of emotion through how you create that space yeah. is is just really really interesting to me. Um, I relate to that so much. Uh, I mean, I just want to interject like quickly. It's you don't necessarily always remember, you know, exactly the way that was laid out. I mean, sometimes you do, but yeah, what you do really absolutely. remember is how you feel when you step out, yeah. or that memory of. And it is multisensory, and sometimes you walk into a space and you pick up on different things like one day you might notice more the produce or the other day you might notice more the sound yeah i never thought about it that way as an amalgamation but i'm with you i completely agree. yeah, yeah. so so <laughs> go sorry on, cliff on. you go um crispin is is a really really interesting space so for the many listeners that i'm sure won't wouldn't have actually been to to crispin you gotta um, go yeah, uh, it's so on on the corner of the Fruit and Wool Exchange, um, which was redeveloped um, about two and a half years ago. There was a small plot of land, and um, the City of London approached um, Shepherd Robson to come up with a um, low-rise building of some sort that would accent uh, the rest of the area. So what they came up with is an origami um, kite-shaped building made from zinc and steel. Um, and the reason they um, went for design in such a radical way is because just next to the site is somewhere called Tenter Ground, and um, uh, ship sails used, used to be stretched on Tenter Ground. And so the building is almost uh, an homage to... Um, 
you know the activities that used to go on in in the area and it's supposed to accent such a traditional um space because you know as, as if you look it up online it's it's a crazy building that looks like it's been you know just plonked there from from space or something it, it doesn't go in the area at all but it, it accents it, it quite nicely um so it's um the first time we walked past it was just being built and it was just a crazy structure and um we we, we just um inquired and, and went from there really Mm, amazing. Uh, I mean, this sounds like the building needs a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's really interesting to discover the <clears throat> excuse me the um, you know the rationale and the the thinking that goes behind the building and the place. Um, and I wonder if you could expand on the relationship between the sort of like the food brief of a particular location and then all this great stuff that you're saying about art and design of the place and the memory of the place. Um, you know, so I absolutely love coffee <laughs> as well. <laughs> so does Jen. Um, but, you know, thinking of sort of knitting the two together uh, as, a, as a complete experience, as it were. Yeah, I think um, the, the spaces that we create are supposed to be everyday spaces and um, fairly casual in their design. And the service that we offer is, is friendly and uh, casual as well in itself and so I think the food that we create has to reflect um, that to a certain degree and, and and the food and the coffee is an everyday um, style um, but we still have an interest in maybe more obscure foods that are uh, particularly interesting for whatever reason and so we run guest nights or guest weeks where we will have a guest chef that comes in and does a completely different menu, um, and that that enables us to have the best of, of both worlds. So, on one side, we have a, a casual space with casual everyday um, food that is, you know, it's all beautifully prepared and beautifully sourced, and um, the ethos is still there. But on the other side, we, we're able to explore a more um, intricate, interesting. Um, food in the same space by by bringing a, a guest chef in and, and doing a collaborative um dinner so the answer to your question is the food reflects the space but there are other elements where we're able to um to 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 change that really to play a little bit yeah it's fun exactly. i think yeah collaboration is 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 so important um and it kind of I'm going to use this as a segue into another topic that I'd like to touch on. And it's, you know, we're okay. Right now we're recording this via Zoom, right? There's a reason why people are close yet far away. Um, and I think a big question on all of our minds, you know, as, as, you know, as consumers, as fans of different types of businesses, of, you know, lovers of coffee, of foodies, um, you know, going to places, foodies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Maybe you can fill this in a little bit and, you know, what's going on for you right now? Maybe what have you learned over the past few months of this absolute, um, I'm going to just say quite like hell, generally speaking, I think, or maybe I'm being a bit too dramatic um, and kind of, yeah, what, what what's going on? What's next? How's it going? Well, I think um, we w what the this period has allowed us to do, and I, and I think the same can be said for for most people is we've had a had a period of a few months where we've really been able to think about what we do yeah. 
yeah. why we do it and the direction that we want to to go in and so what we've ended up with now is a much simpler operation with a smaller menu and a smaller offering um but we have a much closer connection to the community that surrounds Crispin because they we've been open for i think 4 months now but the community around Crispin has been coming to us every day every other day and so we've really uh built relationships with people that have been um they've been clasping at human contact and yeah. so we've been able to we've been able to capture that in the relationships that we've managed to build with um customers where before we you know it would be so busy that we wouldn't have time to really spend an extra minute talking to someone catching up getting to know about them um and so i think the the business has changed in a certain way because it's become more community focused um but it's also become simplified and um it has i think it's only changed for the for the positive for 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 those reasons um so although we've been forced to take a slightly different direction um and it's not maybe quite what we had envisaged before what we've ended up with is 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 something um better than 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 we had envisaged before so it's 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 a, been a really interesting time challenging for sure yeah. um i think it's been challenging for everyone um i wouldn't say particularly restaurants but um that there, there have been many challenges in place that you know changes and it it, it we had to pivot for sure yeah. yeah i think it's just one thing that i i was thinking about cuz obviously i was thinking from the art sector and thinking about local i would spend so many hours either on a plane going to another art fair or to another gallery or just another place to see art. And, you know, right before we started going live, I w- we were saying about how in the last month, you know, you've been to the Tate several times. I've been to the National Gallery twice in the last month, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. also that you're, 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 you're focusing more on what is around you and what it is that you're, what it is that you love and you want to support. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but but go ahead, Dominic. No, you go, Cliff. Oh, Ping just to build guys. on it was 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 finding um, it interesting that you were outlining at the beginning the sort of like ethos of you know locally sourced and of a kind of community on that side of the the food chain, and then this sort of like forced reflection that's been brought about by the t- pandemic to then have it kind of mirrored on the other side in terms of um, the the local community and collaboration that happens on, on the other side, on the, on the um, consumer side of, of the food chain as well. Yeah, I think um, consumers have been uh, very keen to venture out of their local areas for such a long time. As, as you mentioned, Jen, lots of traveling, moving across London, looking for experiences and maybe being slightly blind to what's directly in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I think people have had... Uh, they've almost been forced into a state where you had to discover what's around you and actually people have been pleasantly surprised um, at how important building those relationships is with with your local community and and restaurants and cafes and small independent shops play play a huge part in that and I think that's why residential areas have seen such an uplift in people actually spending money at the local butchers, local wine shops, cafes... Um, because that side of uh, community life has been missing to a certain degree 
um, pre pre COVID, I think. That's really interesting. And, and just touching on the residential areas, I guess since you've got ventures, businesses in three different areas, you can really see and analyze the different behaviors, right, of, of, of people and footfall and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah, a- absolutely. I think um, the more central areas like Covent Garden have and can continue to be very quiet, they're tourist-driven places, office-driven places, and, and it's really the... the the residential places or at least somewhere like Crispin is half residential half office yeah. student um fueled um but we've we've had a real upsurge in, in actually the local community coming and it's um yes yeah, it's, it's been it's been fantastic that's awesome great and with um with those ventures there and I know plans may have changed be, be, because of um pandemic are you eyeing up any particular um, ideas in terms of uh, styles of cuisine or different kinds of food movements or or trends that you food want to engage with in the near term. I like this clip. <laughs> <laughs> we're Sorry. like we're now talking in art terms. You know, in the 1960s. Like, I like that. I like that. I, I would say the up the what, what would you call it the up training the up upping of of like formerly lowly foods is is a kind of now thing. I think um, the movement of, um, of of slow food and, and mm. artisan food where people are taking flour, they know where the flour comes from and they're using water and maybe they've made a, a starter at home and so they're, they're baking bread, for example. Of course, you can go to the shop and buy a loaf of bread for, for you know, a pound fifty, two pounds, but people ha- are, are figuring out a closer connection to... The food that they're eating, where it comes from, how it's made, um, and I, I, and so I think artisan food as uh, as a movement, if that's what you want to call it, has definitely seen an, an uplift in in people actually just starting from some base ingredients and 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 building that way. Um, so um, yeah, I think that that that's a, a primary movement. Another is actually foreign cuisine. Um, mm-hmm people aren't able to have a connection to um, foreign countries through travel um, and so food is is certainly one way of, of finding or, or um, revisiting those those connections and I think London is such a fantastic place for for that that's yeah, such an experiences point, and yeah. experiences and memories tied through tied through food yeah absolutely yeah, I think for, for for most people, the the sense of taste and smell is so powerful in uh, nostalgia and and memory and um, and actually remembering a different time or or a different place. And um, people are constantly looking for those reminders of of, of a different time. Yeah, absolutely. I was just writing um, a text about, um, you know, communication. And if you just go into basic human psychology, you know, it's roughly less than 10% is actually what you say. Um, And all the rest of it is what you, what you, how your gestures, I gesture a lot. So (laughs) um, (laughs) how you gesture, how your, your body language, but also what you what you smell what you feel and so on and so forth so there's just so much about how you communicate and relate to a place um so it makes complete sense that there is that travel through the senses and travel through taste um yeah which i yeah i absolutely love 
Um, and I had a little question. So another question, because this has been just bombarded with questions. Uh, so you've got your friend and um, collaborative business partner, a serial business partner, Ollie, right? Um, do you guys yeah. have any upcoming plans um, that we should be like aware of? Um, or, yeah, I guess that's the main question. Anything, anything exciting? So we're, we're um, there, there are a couple of things. One is a, um, is a, a natural wine subscription. Oh, cool. Um, that we'll, we'll be la- launching at the end of the month. Um, so that will come in the form of, of three, six or nine bottles. You'll be able to choose your frequency. Um, and that will allow us to support our suppliers um, even more closely. We, we use suppliers who actually go out to vineyards in wherever it might be, Spain, Italy, and they have such a close relationship with the, with the farmers. So we're able to um, take mixed boxes, mixed cases, and um, send them to customers who maybe aren't in the area because of work or, or whatever reason. So across the UK, so we're able to have a small connection between the suppliers, us, customers. Um, and so that will be launching at the end of the month and that's run by our, our head sommelier. Um, so that's super nice. exciting. And then every every six weeks we are doing a collaboration dinner. Um, so we did one a couple of weeks ago with um, a chef called Xiong Li um, who works at Bao and Chu. Um, oh, nice. And that was a really, yeah, it was a, it was a great night, actually. The next one is on the 22nd of October um, with uh, Z, who owns the Pleasant Lady, uh, Bun House, and Soho, and oh, One's God, Tea Room. Oh, I'm obsessed. Room. This, I, I, I um, love so this Asian theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having lived in Hong Kong you know, for five you know, years, think... I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> People keep mentioning that. I'm like, I don't think it's happened by mistake. I just love Asian food. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice excuse to, uh, to serve up some Asian food. Um, so those will be once every six weeks. Um, and the one, the, the one after Z's will be announced on the, the week after the 22nd of October. Um, and that's pretty much as, as far as we've got really. Um, so the, are those are guests, maybe uh, opening. Those are guest chef evenings. Yeah. So people can like look on the website and then you book in for a particular night and then it's that chef's yeah. menu just for that night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that chef will do a collaboration menu with our head chef, um, Naz and their ticketed events. Um, so the the tickets are, are available through through our Crispin Stores website. Um, so one of those will happen every six weeks, and then other than that, we're we're always on the lookout for inspiring spaces and um, and, and new sites to to do something new. But it, we we kind of we see what's out there and and find a site and then start from there rather than actually having a solid idea of what we want to do and then finding the site. I think it's always better to do it that way around. Um, to see what what you're inspired by and um, and that how a space influences you. That's really interesting that you said that because that's exactly the way that um, I've curated, right? So my my thing has always been alternative approaches and finding a space, and then I'm like, ooh, what would fit in well in here? So yeah, same same but different. Same same but different. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. Well, um, thanks for like going into all those different areas of. of of food and hospitality, um, we we want to ask you the question 
um, that we ask all of our guests on the podcast, um, and that is what creative inspiration do you have for our listeners? Creative inspiration. I think um, on the food side, actually going to an independent um, shop and looking at the amazing vegetable displays that most of them have, um, asking them what's in season, um, looking at the different varieties and, and actually just maybe making a super simple lunch or dinner, depends on what time you're, you're listening to this podcast, but um, <laughs> just going and, and kind of uh, just seeing what's in season and, and maybe rather than starting with a set idea of what you want to cook, just, just kind of go out there and, and actually have a conversation with the butchers and the fishmongers and the veg um, shop guys and, and, and just um, start a conversation about what you can cook and, and feel the interactive um, side of, of food and, and supply and, um, mm. and, and ingredients. That's, that's where I'd start. <laughs> yeah, I really like the build the idea that you build on the relationship with those with those people because you, you you know there's be a queue outside the butchers because they sell great great product um, but everybody just knows exactly what they want when they get there probably seldom sh- yeah. showing up saying what what you know what where yeah what you, you know what, you recommend, what, what's what's, what's particularly what's, good yeah what's a nice cut today yeah yeah and I think um, realizing that the people who work in a uh, fishmonger's or a butcher's or a veg shop, they have such a close connection to the food. If you actually ask them yeah. what's tasting what's tasting great and maybe how would you prepare it, how would you cook it, you're starting up a conversation and actually they see food and they think about food every single day. So they have a fountain of knowledge that you can't get from a packeted supermarket piece of salmon or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And there's... There's an honouring of their craft, for lack of a better term. But I also really love this idea of not having the set notion of where you're going to go. And it's just being a little bit fluid, a little bit agile um, and open to yeah. surprises and inspiration, which I think is something everyone can learn all the time. Absolutely. Um, it's been amazing, Dom. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. People want to go out and find out more about everything that um, you're building. Uh, website, Instagram, where should they go? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, Instagram, if you head to at Crispin underscore E1, um, and then from there you'll be pointed in the right direction for Scottish Tales and for London Wick and, and the website. So that, that, that's the best best place to head. If you don't have Instagram, uh, crispinlondon.com. Wonderful. Cool. And um, to note those upcoming guest dinners that you have. Yes. If not just yes, for absolutely. a coffee or natural wines. I'm looking yes. personally forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying this at 10.52 a.m. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Drama. Um, cool well yeah thank, okay, thanks well, so much for having me guys really appreciate it thanks so much Dom thank um, you and um, thanks everyone for listening and join us next time for more creative chat bye <laughs>